Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Welcome well, to welcome. my exclusive interview. No joking. <laughs> wow. Are we on 60 minutes or something? Yes, yes, we're absolutely on 60 Minutes and um, (laughs) thank you for everyone who clicked into this podcast. I know you probably haven't heard of the guests that we have on today. She's, she really begged to come on and I just thought, oh, we're just going to have, I'm just going to have to. So thank you for for clicking on. Stay and listen. She's got a lot of lovely things to say. (laughs) Oh my God. You're funny. That was sarcastic. Mm. Oh my god, that was very sarcastic. That was like not even. <laughs> no, 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 that no. was funny. That was I'm, funny. We're well very done. excited. Excuse me, you don't need to say well done to my jokes. I already laughed at it. It's fine. Um, we are talking today about your very exciting announcement, Steffi, which I actually begged you to do. Just disclaimer: this is this is this is me wanting to do this. Um, but before we get into that, mm-hmm. how are you? What is your special share? What's been mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. Apart from being pregnant, because we're coming to that. Yes, no, I won't go into the pregnancy just yet, but I am really good, Lozzie. I think ever since the restrictions have started to ease and we've got, you know, a little taste of normality, um, catching up with everyone and being able to sit down at a cafe and, you know, just the little things are bringing me so much joy at the moment. Oh, 100%. We actually went out for dinner last night and it was just so magical and also the weirdest feeling ever but just so special and it's so nice to I mean I feel like we don't we don't I don't go out for dinner that often normally but it just I really appreciated it and I want to savor that so every time um, I'm able to go out for dinner I feel like that because I feel like it's just it was so good it was so enjoyable absolutely loved it I said the same thing to Josh I was like you know what I really hope that you know, a lot of us Melbournians coming out of this don't just enjoy, you know, the couple, the few new times of doing that or the first time you get to go on an aeroplane again and you really do start to appreciate those things long term. Um, I know I'm going to try and do that. Um, and I don't know, I feel like because it's been such a long time in lockdown, it's going to be hard to shake it. Like I was literally dancing while waiting for my breakfast the other day. <laughs> I was that happy. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I'm just, I'm in a good mood. I just keep waking up super happy just because I feel really positive about things that are happening and it's slowly coming to my favourite time of the year and... And you're having a baby, like that's what I smile about. I'm just like, (laughs) you know. So have you got a special share for us? If your special share is that you're pregnant, we're totally fine with that. I'm just speaking for everyone listening. (laughs) Are you? Is that all right? (laughs) Well, it it is that. It is that. Um, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you guys about it. I mean, um, I think my special share obviously is the fact that I'm pregnant, but also um, I am really excited to kind of take you guys along with the journey. Like obviously... I appreciate that you guys will respect my privacy and a lot of things and there's, you know, things I won't share, things I will share, but I've always been really open with everyone. So I'm really excited to finally be able to talk about it. It was really weird going through the first trimester, which we will go through, um, and just not being able to talk about it day to day and like yeah, have to like, like watch what I was saying. <laughs> your Instagram page became our WhatsApp thread. 
So when <laughs> Steph would usually go to say, hey, guys, today um, I'm feeling <laughs> tired, like I'm a little bit bloated, is what I'm eating for lunch, you would send it to me. It was quite entertaining. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> what is, well, how are you, first of all, and then what's your special share? Oh, yeah, don't you dare skip past how are you. No, I'm fine. I'm going good. Um, my special share this week is a, a very miscellaneous one for me because mm. we can now go out for breakfast and I'm sharing a homemade breakfast recipe, but wow. that's cool. You know, that's what I'm going to do. So our, we've got a recipe on the Kick app called Our Keep It Cleaner Smashed Avo, which is so good. It's got like goat's cheese and lemon. But I have started adding some cherry tomatoes and a little bit of rocket on top to that recipe and also a tiny bit of red onion. If You, you can skip it if you don't like it, but it just makes it so delicious. So the smashed avo with tomato, red onion and um, rocket, and it is so delicious. I've been having it for breakfast nearly every single day. So that you is what my, that needs? What, did you, what does it need? It needs parmesan and a splash of balsamic, and it's going to be a bruschetta. Oh, parmesan, parmesan. It's already got goat's cheese and avocado. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about the. I forgot also, about the balsamic. No, that just ruins it. If you took balsamic, it from balsamic, tomato, red onion, and rocket is a magical combination. So no, I feel like you just you you took it from like a really nice restaurant, like boutique cafe vibes to like not so. <laughs> I bet you like balsamic glaze too, like the really thick one. I do. It's, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you're ready for this interview. Look, I hope you have a glass of water because I have got some harsh and pressing questions for you. Oh, this is not going to be edited either. It's going to be not joking. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually rarely edit our podcast just because we like to keep it real, but obviously you can edit it if you need. Anyway, <laughs> To get going, let's start at the beginning. Oh. So also, big thank you to everyone who wrote to Steph with some questions yeah. that you guys wanted to find out about this very exciting news because we went through them. Well, actually, I went through them and I put together these questions. So the first question is, also, if you don't feel comfortable answering any of these questions, please let us know and we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. Okay, question number one. Were you trying... But within that question also, how did you know you were ready? Because I feel like that is a big decision. Mm. Do you mm-hmm. ever know? That's the question. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so we absolutely were trying and we really felt like we were ready. I feel like you don't really start trying unless you feel like you're ready. Um, but I suppose how do you know you're ready? I've always been really maternal, really clucky. Like I've always said since I can remember that I wanted to be a young mum. And then when I got into modelling, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a while, but I still kind of aim to be a young mum. And then Kick became my baby. Um, and But I still in the back of my mind, I just, I just really wanted to start, you know, a family. And Josh and I, um, we've been together almost nine years now and um, it's something we've kind of always really openly spoken about that neither of us really wanted to wait too long for that kind of uh, move in our future. And we've almost been married a year now, coming up to our one-year anniversary, which is crazy. And not that there's any, you know, order of things that needs to happen. I've got plenty of friends, know plenty of people, including Josh, who was born before his parents got married. So absolutely got nothing to do with that. But I think just after we got married, it was just it just became a thing even more that I wanted to do next. Like, you know, it was just like, okay, I I really am getting really, really ready. And we spoke about, you know, starting to try when 
coming up to our honeymoon, which we didn't actually get to go on. <laughs> so I think when it was coming up to that, we had had a discussion about, okay, well, what does this kind of mean for that? Do we wait? Do we try and put the honeymoon off and then, you know, not try until after that? Or what do we want to do? But we were both so keen on starting a family that, you know, we were happy to put that ahead of, you know, getting to go on our dream honeymoon by ourselves. And Italy will always be there. Even if we end up taking a little baby with us, <laughs> we will one day get to Italy. And I'm kind of glad we, you know, I'm glad that that's what we felt comfortable with and that we ended up you know, trying because, well, not only am I like ecstatic, I'm so happy that, you know, I'm I'm pregnant. I'm so grateful, but it doesn't really look like we'll be able to go to Italy anytime soon anyway. So it probably would have delayed us quite a bit if we tried to plan it around that. And I just think that when it comes to starting a family and having a baby, um, and we've both been so, so fortunate to already travel so much in the past. um, Yeah. We kind of just weighed up our priorities when it came to what we wanted to do and the baby one. <laughs> I love it. I feel like it's a good winner. So the next question is, how long were you trying? And also within that, you obviously have had cysts on your ovaries. And I know, like, I remember years and years ago when you'd come off the pill and your period didn't come back for quite a long time and you were really worried about what that meant. How long were you trying for? And did you have that thought in the back of your mind, worrying about kind of what you went through a few years ago? Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose I'll start with the um, polycystic ovaries. So um, I've never really spoken, I mean, I've spoken openly about it, but I've never gone into too much detail about it because it's something that 100% we will talk about this one day on the KickPod, but we want to have, you know, find a professional to really kind of delve into it for you guys and speak about it properly and, and into depth. But for my experience, and, and I know everyone's really, really different, um, as Laura said, I came off the pill and I, yeah, I just was not on any kind of pill or anything so I was expecting my period to come back and it was about a year um, and I still hadn't got my period and I started to notice as well towards the end of that year that like my skin was going nuts and I'd always had always been really genetically blessed with my skin I took after my mum and I just I wasn't really getting breakouts so for me it was it was a very strange symptom to have and I ended up getting checked out and turns out I had cysts on my ovaries and polycystic ovaries um, and that was the reason why I wasn't getting my period and I was starting to get all the other symptoms around it. And for me it was, um, it, it, I mean, I was really lucky. I was already living a really healthy lifestyle So, because one, one of the ways to kind of, you know, help yourself uh, through, expose the symptoms and everything through the symptoms and everything like that is to, you know, eat a nice balanced diet, stay active and then obviously, you know, work with your health professional on what else you need to do. And the other thing that I researched and that I decided to go down the path of was acupuncture. And for me, it was something that, you know, really helped. I mean, whether it was just the timing and everything else I was doing along the side also really helped. I got my period back and I remember the day that I got my period, I was in Hawaii on a shoot and Josh was there and I was like bawling my eyes out when I came out of the bathroom um, because I got my period. And you know, he's a boy and he's, he's so used to me complaining when I got my period in the past that he was like, are these like happy tears or sad tears? Like, I can't work it out. And I was just like, no, I'm so happy because I suppose as you touched on, like my biggest concern back then when that happened, and it was also around the same time that I ended up having um, to get some uh, precancerous cells removed as well from a pap scan that came back, um, not positive, not negative. Wait, what does it come back at if you if you need to have something done? 
Positive. You did a you positive. did a um a pap yes. smear and it was and it was you had some pos- but it was very yes. low low level but you were able to just fix it straight away. Yeah, so I ended up having the procedure and having them removed. Anyway, so all of that kind of happened within months of each other and finding out that I had positive ovary. So I just started to feel like, oh my god, something's not right with me down there. Like, am I going to be able to get pregnant in the future? And I mean, what I knew from PCOS and the research I'd done and people I've spoken to, um, obviously, if you're not ovulating and you're not, you haven't got a period, it can make it harder. It doesn't mean you can't get pregnant, but it can make that process a little bit harder. Um, so yeah, I just was so keen to kind of get it back. And so once I got my period back, I was so, so happy and it started to come back super regularly. And, you know, for the last couple of years, it's been like to almost to the day regular. So I've been really, really grateful and fortunate of that. But even, even knowing that, and even knowing that technically that kind of meant that I should be in a good place, it's definitely still in the back of your mind when you start trying, like, you know, are we actually that fertile? Like, cause we've never tried this before. Mm. We've spent like our whole relationship trying not to get pregnant. Like how are we, how are we going to go now, now that we're trying? So I think that's why we decided to start when we did, because we were both in a position where if it happened straight away, amazing. If it took a while, that's fine too. Um, but we were definitely ready if it, if it did happen straight away. And it, and it was really quick. And I mean, I know I'm really fortunate in that I've spoken to so many people, um, about it you know taking at least six months or a year or even four years and everyone's experience is totally different and there's so many different factors that come into play um josh and i were really fortunate um it was about three period cycles for me so it was about three months um and it's funny as soon as you start trying even though at the start we were like let's keep you know let's like be really stress-free about it let's not actually kind of plan let's just you know have fun with it and like just just not, you know, not be too stressed. And But it was like, as soon as we had sex the first time, I was like, okay, now I'm going to watch my cycle and like know exactly when we need to be doing it. Is that it. what you, you were doing? Like, were you tracking yeah. like when you were fertile? And yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean. Like it kind of, the conversation first started, like we'll just see how we go and like not track anything. <laughs> but literally after the first time, I like went on my app and like switched it to trying to get pregnant. Um, and it kind of showed me, you know, my window and they're not always super accurate, but you know, I went with it. Um, and that's kind of what we started to go by. So it's funny because yeah, our conversation kind of changed from like, let's try, but like not try to like, well, we're trying, aren't we? This is like, we're, we're watching the clock and we're like watching. Did you have text, a time? So. Because on the movies, you know, in the movies mm. where they're like, we have to have sex oh at 7 p.m. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. And I think because I'd read so much about those apps, like not always being super accurate to the day, we just kind of made sure that like, we at least tried a couple of times around that day. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know how it ended up happening, but it, it is quite a miracle when you think about all the things that have to line up for you to get pregnant. The next question is, can you te- talk us through? Oh my God, talk us through the positions we didn't know. <laughs> how did you know that's where my mind was going? Because I know your mind. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind was going. <laughs> so the moment that you did the test... Mm. tell us about that also why did you do the test mm-hmm. what made you do it like did you know did you have like a feeling of oh I know that I'm pregnant before you did the test why did you take it tell us about it <laughs> 
So because I, I mean, I think I'm really lucky. I'm super in tune with my body. Like I usually know exactly when my period's going to come, not just because of the date, but by my body's symptoms and the way it's feeling. So I sort of knew something was up, but at the start, because I'd had a couple of periods in the period that we were trying, I first thought that everything that I was feeling was just kind of my pre-period cramps, my pre-period mood swings and sore boobs and all that sort of stuff. It's all really similar symptoms. So even actually you and I went for a run like a day or so before I found out. And I, I had to slow down the run like so much because I was like, I am getting some intense cramps right now, period cramps. And, and I am due, but like, I don't know what's going on. And you didn't know we were trying. So I didn't no. want to be like, yeah, I didn't want to be like to you. Oh, maybe it's, yeah. But it did start to creep into my mind because usually those kind of symptoms for me only happened the day before I got my, you know, had my first bleed. So like when I didn't bleed the next day, I was like, this is interesting. My pre-period symptoms don't really last this long before I get my period. This is weird. Um, and I wasn't sleeping either. It's like my body was trying to tell me something. It was like, it was like, Steph, just go take a test. Like, I'm pregnant. Uh, so I wasn't sleeping and it probably came to about the third night. And I think I was, yeah, two or three days overdue now for my period. Josh and I were tossing and turning. Um, Josh sometimes suffers from insomnia. So this was one of those periods. This was a really bad week and he was taking a sleeping tablet that night and I was really restless. So I decided to, which is something that we do sometimes when, because, you know, I'm a really light sleeper and he's got insomnia. So sometimes it doesn't actually work for us to sleep in the same room if we've got a lot on. And so I oh, kind of no. sat up in bed. <laughs> what? I bet some Daily Mail is going to take that and say... Oh, my God, I know, right? No. Steph and Josh Miller sleep in different bedrooms. No, they it's if they're not sleeping well. Just want to put a disclaimer. Okay, yeah, keep absolutely. going. Absolutely. Um, and so I kind of just sat up and I was like, hey, I'm, just, I'm really restless tonight. I'm going to go sleep upstairs. So fun. But as I went up, because my I felt like my body was telling me something, I went to the drawer in the bathroom, I grabbed the pregnancy test, which I had bought like the moment we started trying and went upstairs and I t- did the pregnancy test in our spare bathroom. And from what I'd read before I took the test, you know, it was supposed to take three minutes for this second line to either appear or not appear. And it was only going to appear if, you know, if I had, if, if I was pregnant. So I peed on the stick and as I pulled it out, from underneath me, <laughs> very visual. Um, I went to put the little cap on the end and then put it on the bench. But as I was putting the cap on, this second line started to appear, appear. And I was so like shocked that it happened so quickly that I almost like threw the stick <laughs> in the sink. But I like just really quickly placed it on the bench and, and just kind of looked at my phone, set the three minute timer and was like, you know what, maybe sometimes the line appears and then it dissolves and goes away. Like, I don't know how these things work. So just wait the three minutes, Steph, wait the three minutes. And I waited for the alarm to go off. I like took a breath, checked the test. And this is at like 1.30 in the morning. Saw that the line was like very much there, very, very, very much there. First thing I did was go to Google and see how often these pregnancy tests are wrong, of course. Um, but after a lot of reading, it's like they're just not wrong. The only time they're wrong is if they say that you're not pregnant and you are pregnant. It's like it won't say that you're pregnant if you're not pregnant. Anyway, so I just kind of sat there on the bathroom floor in our spare bedroom, like not really knowing what to do. Like, so I was you were really upstairs. Happy. 
Because yeah, Josh was, was downstairs. So right now, set the scene. Josh is downstairs asleep. <laughs> it is the middle yep. of the night. Steph knows she's pregnant night. in the bathroom <laughs> upstairs. She yeah. doesn't want to wake Josh up and you just no. have to sit in your own thoughts. Yeah, and I just sat there and I was like, you know, obviously I, I thought, you know, do I call mum? Do I do I tell Laura? Like, what? But it was like 1.30 in the morning, so I was, I was just kind of sitting there smiling awkwardly. And then I think because I'd finally figured out what was going on in my body, I was actually able, and I'd had like three nights of no sleep, I was actually able to fall asleep. So I don't know how because I was very excited, but I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning and this was in that period where Josh and I were like religiously walking to the coffee shop every single morning together as the first thing that we were doing. So I went downstairs, just pretended it was any other morning, put the blinds up, was like, let's go, we're going for our walk. And um, I took the test down with me and I kind of placed it next to me in the hallway and I just sat there and I waited for him to come out. And it was so funny because I filmed this and I think I'm going to post this, by the way, so you guys will actually get to see the visual. But I filmed it and... I had this like this stand that Laura and I have both bought so that we can do like cook-alongs and stuff in the kitchen, like hanging off our staircase. I don't it's know very how large. He didn't know. It's, it's like very this large, large thing, and you can stretch the um yeah. the what do you call like the stand part? Yeah, like, it's very it's like, like a sound like an octopus. <laughs> yeah. So that was holding my phone and was just recording. And I think the only reason he didn't notice it was, I mean, it was a little bit out of vision, but there was also like a lot of stuff on the stairs that I needed to take upstairs from the You also before. don't so, often record him. So he wouldn't be looking no. for a camera like, oh, are we recording this morning? <laughs> no, 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 no. And the pregnancy test, like it was right next to me. So until he came over to me, he didn't know what I was doing. He was probably like, why is she sitting on the floor? To be honest, like. <laughs> what are you doing um anyway he came over saw the test um and yeah just couldn't believe it and we were just so excited so happy and that day went to the local gp did the blood test found out the next day that it was legit and it was happening and um it was really early i found out like right on four weeks so all those cramps and stuff i was feeling was actually the implantation which was really interesting to learn about so yeah it was um it was quite cool. I've spoken to many people who have had kids and they're like, you will never forget the moment that you found out you were pregnant. Like, it's just something that is ingrained forever. So. Your life changed forever. <laughs> Your life became more special. Not that it wasn't <laughs> special before. So let's talk through now your first trimester. Obviously, you mm. haven't, you're past that now, but you, you weren't able to share any mm. of it. What I obviously know this. I'm asking these questions like I haven't heard. I do know some of this information, all of it. What was each week like and did you feel different? Yeah, it was funny because I actually started, I kind of thought, you know, this is something that I'm going to want to look back on and I'm, I'm going to really want to remember these thoughts. So I actually started a little journal thing just on my computer Did I just you? started writing yeah I started oh. writing like once a week and like checking in on myself and writing weird things that happened um but unfortunately like I don't know it stopped after three or four weeks so I need to go back to it and try and um finish off the first trimester because I think it's something that I really want to be able to continue to do you should publish and- it <laughs> well Steps it's quite raw it's, it's quite raw it's literally like uh, um, what the hell? Why am I craving this? And like, you know, it's literally like a journal um, from a sixteen-year-old. But I'm pregnant. Um, but it was <laughs> basically what I kind of first noticed was, uh, well, first of all, I was tired like all the time. That was probably the biggest symptom. And also, it was like having 
you know, big period boobs with the most sensitive nipples you could imagine, <laughs> but like just didn't go away. Like it just, I was, I was like, well, surely this is just going to last a little bit and, you know, go away. But still to this day, my nipples are bloody sensitive. And I've heard that sometimes it can ease in the second trimester. And I don't know, I really need to learn more about, you know, down the track, what they're going to come into use for, obviously with breastfeeding and stuff like that. But for now, they're just really bloody sensitive. Um, you know, even like to the point where... I in a good way rip. or a bad way? In, yeah, no, <laughs> no, not like that. Um, Josh likes to think so, but I'm like literally swatting him away. Um, no, it's even to the point where like, certain materials like I'm used to just not wearing a bra I'm not really a big bra person but I (laughs) but I um there's certain like materials and stuff now that I'll notice if I'm not wearing a bra it like bothers me I can't really what are we talking like some some um uh I can imagine sparkly things you don't really wear (laughs) that though like full sequins I don't wear that (laughs) But, like, you know, anything, like, a little bit loose even or, I don't know, just that would, like, brush against your nipple rather than just being, like, tight up against it. I'm really being quite descriptive here. I don't know how people are going to feel about it. But, anyway, they're really sensitive. That's that's the bottom line. Um, and then other than that, um, I was really lucky. I was, like, waiting literally waiting for morning sickness. Like I was like, that's, that's a symptom, isn't it? Like, aren't I supposed to be throwing up or like feeling incredibly nauseous? Um, I definitely felt nauseous, like definitely felt, um, kind of, you've spoken to me, Laura, about the fact that you suffer sometimes from like motion sickness or, you know, if you get a bit car sick, um, it kind of felt like that at times. Like I got a little bit lightheaded and felt a bit like queasy, but I was never actually sick. So I'm so grateful for that um, because I know so many women really suffer through that. It's going to be me. some women, it's not. It is. I know, guys. <laughs> you listen, always say I that. Am, Steph is going to have like, <laughs> be like, I haven't to get any sick at all. Like, you know, and I am going to be vomiting for 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know what that the means though? What? Just, just say that, you know, I continue to have a really enjoyable pregnancy i'm gonna have a terror child and just say you have a pretty horrible (laughs) pregnancy experience your child's gonna be an angel like i bet you that's how it works (laughs) it's like you have one or the other (laughs) oh my god that's so funny anyway sorry continue um but yeah so what i noticed like when i felt the most nauseous was certain smells so that's Mm -hmm. one thing that i had no idea until i got pregnant and started researching it your sense of smell heightens like crazy like it like it's actually like a superpower um but not in a good way like you're picking up on certain smells that also completely turn you off and make you feel incredibly sick so it's not always a good thing but even um yeah josh i I remember like i was picking up on things and i was like can you smell that like how can you not and he like like a dog would find things and like that's what's smelling and he'd be like what the hell how did you even smell that I can't smell that and the two things that I remember put me off the most like the two smells that I was like oh, oh my god almost made me sick was when I was cooking salmon mm. and when Josh put olive sourdough in the toaster and I'm usually a massive fan that is of random olive sourdough but the smell of olive sourdough in the toaster I literally grabbed the loaf and put it in the bin like can I, was I like, ask no. you I yeah. understand salmon like that yeah. is like a queer smelling thing what on earth does an olive sourdough loaf like? That is such a fancy um, it's just, thing to. <laughs> what does it smell like? Like olives? It's just strong. Like it's just a really strong. How funny! 
smell. Anyway, you will, will find out the power of your scent. It's pretty insane. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but it, it's um, the. I, th- I think actually. The underlining thing that I noticed in the first trimester was this weird energy between Josh and I where obviously when we found out we were over the moon, excited, happy, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then we kind of went through this period, you know, even with my first GP appointment, she reminded me of the fact that one in four women miscarry. And mm. and I was like, oh yeah, like I, I know that. We've spoken to people about that. I was quite educated on that, but how could I forget that? And I think just hearing it kind of put so bluntly in a way I was like mm, okay and then that just sat in the back of my head mm. literally through the whole trimester and I know it's, I'm you know not I'm not the baby's not here yet so it is, there's still obviously always a chance of something going wrong for sure but but it's definitely a higher chance in in the first trimester so it, it was a weird time because we were both really excited but then I think we were also some in some way holding back our excitement mm. um, because we were both a little bit nervous about something like that happening. Um, really hard to explain, but, yeah, it was it was really exciting, but it was also kind of terrifying at the mm. same time, particularly in the early, the early stages. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was the hardest, the hardest time between zero – or we didn't find out at zero yeah. weeks, between four and four, six? Yeah. Like, was there a point where – Obviously, after your 13-week scan, that was a big relief. Was that the point yeah. where you were like all of those anxieties and worries that you had kind of were not in front of your mind anymore? They were in the back of your mind. Was that the moment? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a moment. At eight weeks, I met my obstetrician and she did a scan and we heard the heartbeat and that was really amazing. Like that for me... Um, felt really reassuring but I still knew that you know there was still a month to go in the Mm. trimester um but it did help a little bit and then I think yeah coming up to the 13 week scan was really scary because I knew how big of a deal it was and we hadn't you know heard the baby's heartbeat or like it's so small you can't feel anything yet so it's not like I could feel it kicking and I knew it was moving. So I think that's why we were so, I was still nervous by the, the by the point of the 13 week scan. And, and he even, the um, guy who scanned me, you know, gave us not, not a warning, but he did say, look, this is a really important scan. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're checking for. Just wanted to talk to you about that before we kind of got started. And I remember. Is this a 13 like, week scan? Yeah. It's yeah. A 13 week scan. And he went like over it and we got like a clear view of the baby and I was happy to see the baby but then when the baby moved it like just all of a sudden like stretched its arms and legs out like really quick I was like what the like did I just move because I didn't even know that they really moved that much at this point and he was like yeah it's moving it's moving so that was I got a relief then and then he like played the heartbeat and we I like just started crying in the appointment because it was just like oh my gosh, it's moving, it's got a heartbeat. He did obviously all the checks that they need to do for um, making sure it's all its you know, kidneys and all its different vital organs are um, developing well and size-wise it's, it's growing well and all that sort of stuff. So um, it was a really beautiful, it ended up being a really beautiful appointment. Um, and yeah, that's definitely when I started to breathe a little bit and like enjoyed a lot more and it felt a lot more a lot more real from that point I feel yeah mm, oh my goodness I and when I think your appointment was at eleven thirty, or maybe it started at 10 
It was 11.30, 11... but I didn't get in until 11.45 because I stupidly didn't email them the referral. And I'm sitting in the car park waiting for them to call because that's kind of the process they have during COVID. And it just kind of hit me. Like, I was like, oh, weird. They're, like, running 15 minutes behind and they haven't called us. But then I was like, oh, my God, I never sent the referral. So, yeah, my appointment was, like, 20 minutes late by the time I got in. And you got out. So when Seb got out, she called me straight away. But it was, like, 12.40 and I hadn't heard mm. anything. And I felt sick. I was like, mm. oh, my God, like, something's happened anyway. Mm. And then you called me. You were like, oh, no, I just didn't have the referral. I was like, oh, my God, thank goodness. <laughs> So on that, with there's, there was a lot of questions about what it's been like being pregnant in lockdown. Mm. Mm. I feel like there maybe has been some positives because work yeah. has been, you know, different. Mm-hmm. But what it, what has it been like? What's been yeah, hard? It, it's definitely been, it's definitely had both positives and negatives to it, for sure. I mean, I'm, I really put my hands and hat off to the women that have, um, you know, had their baby, the families that have had Mm. their baby in this time because I can imagine how hard that might be, you know, to not be able to be surrounded by your family and friends in this kind of time. And then I knew that there was even a really strict time where the husband couldn't even be a part of majority of the labour or or the wife couldn't be part of the majority of the labour, their partner. And that, to me, like, the idea of that just is super heartbreaking, particularly if it's your first baby. I can't imagine how stressful that would have been. So I think I'm kind of grateful, I suppose, for us, selfishly, that... um, I mean, hopefully by April next year, our world's a little different and, you know, we're, we're kind of in a more dif- a different situation where we, he can be with me the entire time through labour and, you know, we can have visitors and stuff like that. Did you like just that. call, oh, oh my God, I thought you were talking about the baby, Josh. No. I was like, oh my God, did you just call him? <laughs> no, just reveal it. No, I don't know the sex of the baby. I have no idea. Um, and, and so what was I saying about the... Being able to go to appointments with you and things oh, yeah. like that's been hard. So I think like kind of um, we, we, we kind of kept focusing on the fact that at least it was in the first trimester that, mm. that we were in lockdown. And I think the other good thing, exactly what you said, like work-wise, I'm almost, I was almost at a point for a while there where I was traveling interstate nearly once a week or mm. at least once a fortnight. You know, we had a lot of international trips that we used to do, a lot of like different stuff outside of um, even just going to the office every day, but like just appointments or shoots or just events. Like I kind of lived quite a hectic life (laughs) before Mm. COVID. And I I know we've spoken about it in the podcast, but I've really, I suppose, learned to appreciate the slower pace. And I've noticed that that's actually a a better way to live for for me personally. Um, And so I think if I was in my kind of normal routine and if COVID didn't exist and I got pregnant, that's where I would have really struggled in that mm. early period. I mean, the ho- I'm still super tired. Like I'm getting a little bit more energy in the morning at least, but I still kind of either have to have an afternoon nap or, you know, go to bed a bit early. Um, but the first trimester, especially like I've never ever experienced fatigue like mm. that in my life. It It's, it's great. It's like next to nothing. Like I've never been, I've never been much of a napper, but I was, I could have sat up and napped like if I wanted to. <laughs> um, and a lot of women actually share that, you know, how they say, you know, don't fall asleep at the wheel. And this is quite serious. I don't know why I laughed, but that that's the kind of tiredness you feel. Like you actually probably could fall asleep at the wheel. You're that fatigued. So obviously grateful I didn't really have to drive anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, like, I think where I was really lucky was because I was working from home and 
I mean, I, I obviously told you super early and that was really important to me, not just because, you know, you're my best friend, but <laughs> speak to you every day as well. That would have got hard. But also because with work, it was really helpful to kind of, you know, make sure no meetings were between two and four, basically, <laughs> um, for a long period, because I realized that that was kind of the worst part of the day. Like that was the day where I could not function um, and I really needed to sleep. And um, so I think without that and without having those breaks and rests, I would have I would have really struggled in the first trimester and also really struggled to not tell anyone, you know. Mm. I think it's one of those things because I'm so open with everyone, with everything. Um, you know, I was able to tell friends and stuff early and that's, you know, that's who I'd always feel comfortable. I feel like, you know, you should feel comfortable to tell whoever you'd also feel comfortable to tell if things went wrong, if, mm. you know, if you ended up sadly having a miscarriage. It's like if you're open to talk to those people about that sort of thing, then you could probably open up to them about being pregnant as well. So I did that with that. But, you know, in our kind of uh, life before, the events and everything like that, it just would have got hard to say while I was going out for dinner why I'm not having a glass of wine. (laughs) Or like, do you know what I mean? Like just the little things. So I'm really grateful actually that the timing-wise, and it's actually funny that, you know, I hit the second trimester when – our restrictions eased. <laughs> it was really weird timing. So um, I, I'm kind of grateful for this this downtime in a way, for, for, for this, for what I'm going through. Um, and, you know, having Josh as well home with me all the time, it's, it's awesome and it's amazing. And, yeah, he's been able to be a part of everything, which has been pretty nice. Oh, well, that is, that is so nice. So I, I'm so glad as well. I feel like how everything was going right before we went into lockdown, it was just go, 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 go nonstop. And it would have been, and especially with what we do, so much of it is locked in like months mm. and months and months before. So you you just would have had to, I, I just, yeah, I'm so, so glad that the, as much as it's obviously had some hard things that this has kind of been the time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So second trimester, which you, you're... At this time this podcast is out, you'll be 15 weeks mm-hmm, and two mm-hmm. days maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, do you want to say that? Yeah, you can say that. Is that all right if you say yeah. exactly how far yeah. you are? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a private thing? No. Nah, um, I mean, like, you know, it's not, it's not always exact to the date either, but that's the estimate. So, yes, 15 weeks and a few days. So has the second trimester felt any different or do you just feel a little bit less tired? Yeah, so the things I've noticed the most, definitely I'm not as fatigued I'm still getting pretty tired after midday Mm. um but I'm able to wake up with a lot more energy and I'm able to stay up later whereas yeah even if I'd had a nap in the first trimester I was still ready to go to bed like straight after dinner um and also just wanted to sleep in like all morning every day Mm -hmm. so I just like I just wanted to be asleep all the time um so that's probably been one of the biggest things the other thing I noticed actually is my skin so kind of like when I went through that period with PCOS when my skin started to break out and I was like oh this is not normal for me when I was in that first trimester it was actually funny because um in those early stages when I didn't know I was pregnant I started to notice my skin and I started using all these new products to like try and fix it. And I thought like, I don't know, it was COVID stress or something changing in the environment that was making my skin break out the way it was. And um, then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh, maybe it's that, I don't know. And then it just started to kind of continue to get worse. And I, and obviously my skin at its worst is, is still, it's still sometimes some people's best. So I, I obviously am super fortunate still with the way my skin is, but it did bother me because 
I was seeing like every, I mean, I was, I wasn't wearing makeup either. So I was looking at myself every morning with, you know, one or two new pimples along with the other ones that were still there and not going away and were staying really stubborn. And they were happening like all over my face, like in the middle of my cheek, my neck, my jaw, my chin, upper lip, like everywhere. Um, and I just wasn't used to it. So that has started to clear, like literally as soon as I hit the second trimester, my skin has changed. And I want to do a bit more reading up on it to like, you know, before I <laughs> blame the baby on it. But I, I think it might have had something to do with obviously my hormones, you know, being a bit whack and different um, because any time my skin has changed in the past, it has been to do with my hormones. So that'll, that, that's going to be interesting to learn a little bit more about. Um, but yeah, it's my skin is clearing. My energy is coming back. Um I oh what about, you know what's changed actually what? my appetite my appetite yeah can you please talk about oh can my you gosh. have to talk about this so Steph has been eating can you tell us like not like obviously you eat differently every day but like what is yeah. a normal day of eating for you now compared to before also your your lunches like your your cravings obviously they everyone has funny cravings when they're pregnant but yours are very funny so tell yeah. us <laughs> yeah it's so funny because like you think of. When people talk about pregnancy cravings, you kind of, before you're pregnant, think like, oh, that just must be like when you really want chocolate and you like have some chocolate. Yeah. It's not like that. It's (laughs) like, it comes out of nowhere and sometimes you don't know what it is until you see it. So for the first trimester, I really loved going to Coles or Woolworths and like walking down the aisles and I would just (laughs) see something and I'd be like, that's it. That's, that's what it is. (laughs) And the thing that I noticed, I started to pick up on a bit of a pattern with everything I was craving. And it wasn't just like what you crave when you're pregnant, you eat it and you feel so satisfied. Like you just feel like, yep, that's exactly what I was after. And that was amazing. Whereas if you crave something and then you try and, you know, suppress it with something else, you're just not satisfied. Like you literally have to have that thing. Whereas, you know, in, in normal life, like if you just craved a bit of chocolate, sometimes I can make my own chocolate or like make a rocky road or and and then I feel better or just have fruit and all I wanted was a bit of a sugar kick it's not like that you like literally need to have <laughs> the exact thing you're craving and what I noticed was um everything that I was kind of craving and everything that I was getting really satisfied from was really nostalgic like it was like all the foods that I loved and, and was really comf- comforting as a kid so like cheese and bacon shapes, um, you know, cheese and Vegemite on toast, white bread, like just plain white bread, um, plain white bread with jam, strawberry jam, cereal, like uh, frosty fruits. um, Chocolate covered biscuits? Chocolate covered biscuits, (laughs) yes. And like just everything that I kind of... Noodles. Really noodles, yes. Okay, I'm listening to Meagarine. Meagarine was my love in the first trimester I think that that was like my favorite go-to lunch and like most of the time it would just be me green but then other times if I if my appetite was filling up to it I'd like sneak some veggies in there because that is one thing I noticed in the first trimester unless the veggie was you know cooked or kind of hidden in a meal I like I hated salads I doesn't it have a pack of like dried carrot and peas, like very no, small. No, not meat green. No, you're thinking of two minute noodles, oh, like chicken and two okay. minute noodles. Yeah, I was going to say no, there's no. some veggies. <laughs> no, 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 there's no veggies. There's um, there's like the fried onions, and that's about it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just like if I served myself a salad, I'd just like like a child, just pick at it and probably wouldn't finish it. Or if I like had to like, I'd try and force myself to eat it before everything else on the plate, so that 
you know, I to know that I, if I really wanted the chicken or if I really wanted the potato, it's like, you've got to finish this salad first, Steph. <laughs> like, fully, like, talking to myself like a child, but forcing myself to eat every bite. And sometimes I didn't force myself, obviously. Sometimes I was like, okay, you're not having salad tonight. Like, you're just not feeling up to it because it just didn't go down right. It just didn't feel – my body just didn't want it. Didn't want salad at all. So – um, that was really interesting. And I've noticed now in the second trimester, I have been able to enjoy salad, which is great. I'm really happy that I'm enjoying it again. Um, it's opened up my, you know, choices of dinner and lunches a lot more now rather than having the same kind of thing every day. Um, and I'm also the one thing that I'm so glad I've stayed like really, really loving is fruit. I, I, in the first trimester, at least I was able to have a lot of fruit um, and I enjoyed fruit so much. So that's kind of where I was getting a lot of like my, you know, much needed vitamins and minerals and stuff from was, was, was fruit. So I'm glad I could at least keep that down. <laughs> it's so funny. Mm. Are you more hungry? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I was really hungry, but it's funny because you are kind of meant to eat a little bit more, but also spread out your meals. Um, mm-hmm. And have like maybe six meals a day rather than three. Um, and I kind of quickly understood why. Like I even spoke to my mum years ago about, you know, when she was pregnant and stuff. And and she said like she never really understood how people kind of eat for two when they're pregnant. Because she said one thing you'll notice, well, at least I did, was I would get such an appetite. And then I'd cook myself something and I'd get full really easily. So I just, I, and I couldn't like push myself to feel any more full otherwise I'd feel sick because there's just so much else going on inside you and I kind of understand that now because I well I've also read that you know your digestive system slows down when you're pregnant Mm. because obviously it needs to be able to take nutrients to the baby before it you know passes through you so that's that's why a lot of people experience constipation and like all this different stuff when they're when they're pregnant which absolutely I have (laughs) I haven't I still am experiencing that it's not very fun but I know it's for a reason and I know (laughs) it's staying in there for a reason so it's fine but where was I going with that oh yeah what I noticed was I was hungry a lot more but I was able to kind of you know eat just like a little bit and then you know an hour later eat a little bit more and then an hour later eat a bit more rather than having big meals and I remember kind of like kind of what I used to do before I was pregnant I would have because I'm you know I'm a big eater anyway I eat breakfast big eater I eat breakfast lunch and dinner and most of the time I have snacks in between and dessert like a normal person so I'm like a normal person (laughs) yeah um I don't really skip meals though but if I knew that I was like gonna like have a really amazing dinner like order Greek and get like pita and chips and just like splurge that night and just really enjoy myself then I might not necessarily eat as many snacks in the afternoon as I usually would. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely would still eat in the afternoon because I love snacks, but just not as much as I would because I know what's coming. I know I'm going to really enjoy what's coming. I noticed I tried that when I was pregnant. That does not work when you're pregnant. I still really enjoyed myself and like really (laughs) ate quite a lot and it was Greek, but I was, I felt so sick all night. Mm -hmm. Like I've never been that bloated in my life. I I felt like the food was staying in my throat and like just stayed in my stomach all night. Even the next morning I was like, oh, still hasn't digested. Great. Like it was, (laughs) it was a quick learning curve that it's not about, you know, eating huge meals. It's just, it's still, you do have to eat a little bit more. Your body's working really hard. Um, but (laughs) You just need to be able to spread it out and, and, yeah, find out what works for you. So, again, I suppose it was really great that I had my first trimester, especially 
in COVID, in lockdown, because I had my kitchen always available to quickly make a snack, you know, like if I was on the go and on the, on the road, anytime that I actually did have to go somewhere and I didn't take a snack with me, hunger hits you like no tomorrow. Like you have to pull over and get something to eat. So I think I was really, yeah, again, really happy in, in that I wasn't too, too busy to eat. <laughs> and how that you, you should ever be. No. <laughs> yes, not encouraging that. So with, you said before you were bloated. Now I know that you have, you've said that you, in the morning you wake up and you aren't very bloated, but then like by lunchtime, you just mm. get so bloated. Do you feel you're showing or how do you know between bloat and bloating and showing? And when did your bloating start? So I feel like when I talk to people who have been pregnant, there's like a mixed opinion. So like half of them are saying like, yes, oh my God, you, you are. And then half of them are like, oh, you don't even know what showing is. Like, <laughs> um, but what we've been doing is we've been taking a photo every Monday and we're trying to take it at around the same time every day. So I'm, I've been taking it between like eight and 11 o'clock. So at least in the first half of the day. And um, I noticed in the last three weeks, I looked at my 14 weeks So this, well, yeah, earlier this week, I looked at my 14 week kind of belly update. And there is actually quite a difference between my 14 week and my 12 week. And that's in the morning. So I do definitely bloat as all hell by the night. Like I, you know, fully feel pregnant <laughs> by the end of the night. But some mornings I am waking up and... I think for me, just because I'm so in tune with my body and I'm so, I, I just know my body so well. And I know, obviously I, I wear the same clothes like almost every day and they're all active wear. Um, I know my waist and I know my stomach has definitely changed. And that's something that I've noticed in myself. Um, so I know there is difference there, but also weight gain is important and super mm. normal in your first trimester too. So it's kind of hard to know if it's like, have I just put on a bit of weight or is there a baby bump there? Like, it's really like, mm-hmm. what's happening? But I did notice in that photo update that there is like a really low little bump. And even in the morning, I'm noticing that. So I think I might have started to show a little bit. I mean, the baby's the size of a pear now. So it That's so kind cool. of, yeah. And I think everyone, look, everyone's really different. Some people don't show till 20 weeks or even more. Mm. Um, everyone's body's really different and it sits in a different position on everyone. And I think because I've always had, I don't know, I'm kind of making this up on the spot, but like I've always had a swayed back and my stomach's kind of always sat forward just because of the way my back and spine is. Um, to me, it means I'm noticing it going more forward mm-hmm. really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think I might have showed, I've started to show and I like to tell myself I am anyway. It makes I it feel more have real. A bit. No, yeah, exactly. No, Steph sends me updates at night. <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, absolutely, absolutely showing. So another question that came up a lot was with exercise. Mm. And if you've been able to still do kick, your kick workouts, mm. and if mm. you have like, how are you modifying them? Obviously, mm. everyone's different. But what have you been able to do? Yeah, so I've definitely still... I mean, again, I think this is because I was really lucky and I I didn't get any morning sickness. I know some people that get morning sickness, it, like, bothers them all day and Mm. there's just no way that they would be able to be active. Um, But I stayed pretty active. I definitely... I'm not as active as I usually am. Like, I'm taking more rest days or opting to just walk on days than than do much else. But I've still been able to do a lot of kick. I still do yoga and strength mainly. Every now and again, I'll do a HIIT workout, um, but I've just really modified it to, you know, I, I used to do 45, 15 or 50 on 10 off. And now I'm kind of 
more like 40 on 20 off or even 30 on 30 mm-hmm. off um so more just letting rest. me get my yeah letting me get my breath back a little bit more because i have noticed that my heart rate and my heart rate kind of climbs a little bit quicker and then my breath also like i feel like i lose my breath so easy like i'll walk up the stairs and i'm like <laughs> and it's because there's another thing inside me that's stealing some of my oxygen so <laughs> um it does make sense um so I've been able to kind of modify it and I just spoke to my obstetrician about, you know, what I can and can't do. And I think the most, you know, you can Google it and you can read books and mm. everywhere you will find a different opinion on how you should stay active in your pregnancy. Like I, I've read a few different books and I've been on many different blogs and they literally all have different opinions. And also your health professionals will have different opinions too. Mm. So it's really like who you want to lie your trust with and basically... But the general consensus that I've come, you know, that I've seen the most is the way you should work out or the way you work out, you know, how active you are in your pregnancy. It really depends on how active you were prior to your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So for you, Lawsy, you are a runner. You love running. Sometimes you run five days a week and it's just something that you absolutely love. You you should be able to obviously unless you feel really sick and your body tells you absolutely which I not, will be stop. vomiting. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you should be able to continue to run now. Yeah. Whilst you might not be able to run as fast or as far as you do now, you should still be able to run. And it's the same for people that box or people that you know practice yoga. Like there's little things that you can modify to you know whether it's more rest time or whether it's Mm. actually, you know, the way you're bending isn't right for your body, especially when you have a belly, like sure. Um, Because I know like later in the period, later in pregnancy, you know, you're not meant to lie on your back for too long. You're not meant to be standing without moving for too long. So like if you're doing strength upper body, supposedly you're meant to sit a little bit more because the way your blood flows, little things like that Mm. you you pick up on. Um, But I think the main thing, the main message is, you know, listen to your body when you need to break, break, when you need to rest, rest, if anything feels wrong or like particularly sore or uncomfortable, just don't do it. Mm. And always just speak to your health professional, your obstetrician, you know, if you can, because um, for me, there's many times that I've freaked out by Googling something and completely, you know, like lost my shit because I've been like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm doing the wrong thing. This is gonna... And then I speak to her and she's like, just relax. Like you're fine. <laughs> You've done nothing wrong. Um, so yeah, I think um, to anyone that's kind of, cause I, it's funny. I actually got so many DMs of other people that are due either in April or Amazing. you know even a little bit later than April. And they were like, you know, I haven't opened up about this yet. But I've told because, you. <laughs> but I'm telling you. Um, and, you know, they, they have asked that question and, and a lot of them found that they're lacking motivation. And mm-hmm. like to that, I would say I totally get that. And I think, again, I was really lucky that I wasn't feeling too sick. And it actually, um, you know, being our job and like being, you know, the fact that a lot of people rely on us to stay motivated and everything is something that does motivate me to continue to move my body. So I did have that, you know, to factor in, but also... I think because I wasn't feeling sick and I had no idea how the rest of my pregnancy was going to go, I was like, you know what? Make the most of this time. You're feeling good. Move your body if you can. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't, it's fine. But like right now you can. So let's find that motivation. Um, But yeah, everyone's, everyone's really, really different. Love it. That's such good advice, I think. And and so you, before you started, mm. you were doing like maybe the only difference really is that you obviously are taking more rest time mm. and then you're probably doing a bit less hit. But apart from that, your routine's similar-ish. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I did go through a period where I was running like once or twice a week, 
that's changed to like maybe once a fortnight and it's a, a much slower jog. Um, but yeah, the main difference would be that I'm not really doing much hit anymore. Mm. I'm not doing more for strength and um, Pilates or yoga stuff. But I'm really excited to learn as well. Um, I'm going to work with Karen, our yogi, on on learning more about you know what my body should should or shouldn't do as well. Because um, I know she's been pregnant a few times <laughs> as a yogi, so. Um, just a few things around flows, like how I can modify them and everything. But yeah, so far I've been able to continue to use um, the app for you know my yoga flows and my strength works out workouts, which I'm which I'm loving. And last question: mm-hmm. What has been your favourite moment of your pregnancy so far? Oh, I mm, that's so hard to answer. There's so many. There's so many parts that make me smile, but I think getting to share the news with with friends and family was really, really special Um, and, again, made it feel a little bit more real. Mm. But I don't know. I'm just just really, really grateful that we got pregnant and that I got through that trimester, the first trimester, and that I'm enjoying it. I'm really grateful that I'm, yeah, having a good experience so far. Um, And I'm just really, really excited to... To see what's to come I suppose I'm not wishing away anything like I'm really enjoying every day as it comes and it's been really incredible learning more about how our bodies work it's just it's just literally magic it's like a full miracle <laughs> happening inside so it's um it's really cool it's making me appreciate my body in uh, a whole nother way and and it's funny because when I, I mean now that I mentioned my body I suppose mm-hmm. I, the other thing I want to touch on because I did get a few dms on um you know body image um you know, I'm sure I will go through some roller coasters to come when, you know, I, I gain a little bit more weight or I put my get a belly and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, I've heard from most women that the one thing they miss from pregnancy is having the belly. Like it's like really exciting and fun having the belly. But um, obviously I think when anyone, especially anyone that might've struggled in the past, you know, with worrying about their size or shape mm. or anything, um, there can be little triggers. And for me, I did actually go just recently through a period where, because I didn't have a belly yet, mm. but I'd obviously gained the weight from the first trimester, which again is important and it happens for a reason. It's making room for <laughs> a little human to grow. Even though I knew all that, I still at times had this, you know, old insecurity kind of creep inside that could see my body changing or that, you know, I couldn't fit in certain clothes or things were starting to feel tight. Um, that still kind of creeped up, even in the person that I am, even in, you know, I'm super, super strong and, and um, feel like I've come such a long way. I still had those insecurities kind of creep in. But for me, it was just about reminding myself why all these changes were happening and then even just distracting myself with going and just doing something that I enjoyed or that, you know, made me feel good mm. um, was kind of the ways I got through it. But, yeah, I'm sure it will be... A bit of a journey in that as well um you know through the pregnancy after the pregnancy you know i'm i can't say i know what to expect but um i think for anyone listening that is going through it like you're not alone even if you're mm. someone who's usually super confident in their own skin i think um it's something we'll all probably go through it you know it's it's just a it's just the way it is mm. <laughs> but at the end of the day if you understand why it's why your body's making those changes you end up appreciating it so I think that's that's what I try and focus on the most. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. I feel like it's it's not really <laughs> spoken about how you, because you're pregnant, people just assume, I feel like that's how I think, you just assume mm. that your body changing won't affect you at all because you're pregnant. But of mm. course it would, especially if you've um, gone through things before with, with how you mm. feel about yourself. So thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. I think you have passed the test as a good guest. So you, you will be able to return next week as a host. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Lizzie. Thank you for having me. I love everything that you do. You're an incredible inspiration and total motivation to me. I'm going to cut so that out. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm, yeah, and Steph, thank you for being so open with us. We all appreciate it very, very much. (laughs) And you want to do the outro? Sure. This is your outro. You, you are stepping back into come back, come back, please. Guys, if you want to find out more about Keeper Cleaner, head to our website, www.keepercleaner.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram at keepercleaner, at laura.henshaw or at Smith. And we will be back with another podcast next week. But thank you for listening. Bye.